Well, hello there, gamers, film fans, TV heads, and everybody else in between, and welcome to the first episode of this new podcast, From Pixels to Celluloid, a podcast about video game adaptations. I am one of your hosts today, Kurt, aka Hypersonic55. I also have another podcast, Film Focus, but you know, you can check that out if you wish. But we have another gentleman here who I have wanted to talk to about this topic for many, many moons now in an official capacity. So, sir, would you like to introduce yourself? All right. Hi, I'm Vincent Trinita. I'm a writer, a reviewer for uh, OneMoreGame.ph. It's a Filipino-based uh, video game um, publication. And I usually review from AAA to indies. I like to review indies. Um, I'm really passionate about story and how different mediums can, you know, tell diff- their own different types of stories. And uh, that's uh, what my focus is on a lot of my reviews. So, yeah, I've been working with Kurt for quite a bit um, on a more unofficial scale. I've been a guest uh I've been featured as a guest in one of his podcasts. So yeah, check that out. Um, yeah, back to you, Kurt. Ah, uh, thank you. And um, yeah, Vincent has such a nice introduction. Mine was just so blase. Uh, I guess I'll just like enhance mine just a tiny bit just to say that, yeah, I am a freelance illustrator. I used to have a blog, but I kind of left it in the wayside now. But if you want to check out the archive of writings that I put out there, it's on wordpress.com. So it's hypersonic55.wordpress.com where I used to do a whole load of like film reviews and like the old occasional topic. But primarily right now, my online presence is mostly in my other podcast, Film Focus, where I talk about films and films. <laughs> so it'll be reviews or like certain topics of conversation, but I will admit things are slowed down a little bit. But yeah, check that out at your own leisure. But today over here, As you can tell from the number of this episode, this is number one in a new journey that I hope I'll be able to take you guys on talking about video game adaptations because it's a topic of conversation that I am absurdly passionate about. I love video games. I like films. Marry those two together and you have a recipe for something that can either be good, bad, or, you know, somewhere in between. And we've had a number of adaptations over the years but I feel like in the current year, which is 2023, we have way more adaptations that we can talk about than before on a variety of different scales. And the quality seems to be increasing to a degree, but by how much? I guess that's the topic of conversation that we'll be having between me and Vincent. And you know, hopefully you guys will get to chime in later on and uh, share your thoughts. But before we get into all that, I just want to talk to you guys about us as individuals and, you know, just to get to know what kind of gamers slash film fans or TV fans that we are. So, Vincent, if you just like to start off with that, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, Well, um, as I made my introduction earlier, like I do, um, I got my, well, with video games, like you do get your start from your, your original Super Mario Brothers, whatever your parents had. Uh, had a Famicom for the longest time when I was a kid, and then I, because of the movie The Wizard, I don't know if you remember that the one with the uh, the Wonder Years kid, and then Mario Three was shown as like the final game that they played, and I'm like, oh, like kind of want some of that. So yeah, like um, then I got it on the 
found the computer and then I started playing it and I was going, wow, Super Mario 3 is amazing. It's like leagues different than Super Mario 1. So yeah, like I got my Super Nintendo, um, played Super Mario World. And then for a while, um, it started to get stagnated. Like, you know, the platformers and the beat-em-ups don't give you the same. Um, uh, yeah, and the licensed games aren't that great either. So when I started getting into... Final Fantasy 3 at a time, which is 6 in Japan. Uh, let's not get into the numbers here. I got into role-playing <laughs> games like for a while. RPGs, I've called them RPGs until someone differentiated them between RPGs and Japanese RPGs. Uh, different topic altogether. I'm not going to get into it too much. I have my own feelings about that. Uh, yeah, as I went through in life, MMORPGs, games just changed. Uh, and then now that the uh, pandemic kicked in, I got back into games again. And because of Final Fantasy VII Remake, I started, um, you know, like I started getting back into the JRPG scene. And it has changed. It has really changed. And um, a friend of mine offered me to review games and for me, like during the pandemic. And then for me, I was going, yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I wanted to... I just didn't want to sit around my butt, like just <laughs> review, like playing games. So like uh, reviewing them gave me a bit of an excuse to do that and, um, you know, make something out of it. Uh, so now, yeah, the last game that I played uh, is Star Wars Fallen Order, uh, not uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Can check out my review for it. It just dropped. Uh, I'm sorry for the PC gamers for um, all the... <laughs> all the <laughs> bugs and defects about that like uh console gamers aren't just you know aren't as badly affected but i had to restart my playthrough because of all these game like gating bugs it's it's nuts uh but at the same time it's a great game it's just um yeah ea like uh you, you you're doing a good job in the conceptual front but um yeah fix your games man <laughs> fix your games. <laughs> but uh on the topic of adaptation, um, Jedi Survivor, uh, Respawn Entertainment. Uh, shout out to my buddy Brian uh, in Respawn. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, great game, guys. Um, yeah, you got they, they truly got it. They truly got how to adapt a Star Wars uh, story that um, captures the, the spirit of the original game and original... Uh, IP and then bringing it to video games using that as a medium to tell a really great story um, about you know like um, the the Jedi the the rebellion uh, from a different perspective rather than from you know what we're seeing in Disney Plus and whatnot and um, you juxtapose that with Andor one thing that I could see is like you know they they're telling their own story and then Andor pretty much it feels like two parallel storylines in the same timeline and it's, it's amazing how both um both mediums are in place a video game story and you know like a a tv series that like segues into the the big battle which is the original trilogy yeah oh that was so well put sir like you know well done <laughs> um now i had to follow that up but for me, I grew up in the 90s, so my first console was the uh, Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis for all you guys over in the States. My first game was Sonic the Hedgehog, and then I became obsessed with him alongside a bunch of other games like uh, 
championship edition of uh, Street Fighter 2, more combat 2, Streets of Rage. And while I never owned a Super Nintendo myself, I had a few friends who did. So that's how I got to play stuff like Mario Kart, Super Mario World, Killer Instinct and stuff like that. Once I got a Game Boy, once Pokemon became a thing, I practically begged my parents to get me anything Pokemon based. So I became one of those crazy nutcases for a little while. Eventually got my N64, then my GameCube, and I was mostly a Nintendo guy for a while. I did get a PS2 once my uncle gave me his, and for a while that was mostly just a Dragon Ball Z machine so I could play the Budokai and Tenkaichi games. Played a bit of the Kingdom Hearts ones on top of that. And then, you know, going through, you know, was it sixth and seventh gen of gaming, you know, got my Wii, then eventually my PS3, PS4, Wii U, and now I'm currently on my Switch. Current games I'm playing at the moment, um, at least in terms of the newest game I have is Fire Emblem Engage. I think that that game has a really fun uh, combat system, but it does lack some of the uh, character material that made Three Houses and Awakening more entertaining games. And... Um, I guess the current game I'm messing around with right now is uh, I've gone back to Breath of the Wild because obviously with Tears of the Kingdom on the horizon, I'm stupidly looking forward to the amount of creativity that's in there with the new fuse-based abilities and just creating stupid contraptions that may or may not actually work. And yeah, man, just uh, Nintendo, they have a lot of issues outside of the games that they make. There's something in my throat. <laughs> Little uh, legal pro. I meant like yeah. Go sorry. <laughs> yeah, but when they make good games, it's hard not to just be like, you guys are crazy wizards. And you know, Breath of the Wild. I'm not expecting them to recreate that magic again, but if they have the right foundation, which they do, to like you know just expand upon the world and like you know change things, upgrade and like you know shift things around, I'm sure it's going to be a super fun experience. So yeah, man, I'm. I'm very much a Nintendo gamer, but at the same time, I do have a, a healthy allegiance to Sony as well. But I'm not one of the sort of like, uh, you know, was it guys that just swears by one company who makes games and stuff. I'm open to all. It's just that I cannot afford to have all. So, yeah, I just pick and choose where I can have my fun. So are you a Sony pony or an Xbox? <laughs> Uh, I guess it would be the former because, like, I've never owned any Xbox-based material. And the only time I've ever played Xbox is when I'm hanging around with my friends. So, you know, I don't really have nearly as much of a, an attachment to their IPs. Um, although I have had fun, like, you know, messing around with multiplayer of uh, Halo, Gears of War, and um, Fable way back when. But, man, it's so weird that Fable feels like it's in the rearview mirror of my mind now. Even though there's supposedly a new one coming out, but... They haven't released anything from that well, game. Well, I just yet. hope it's a complete game this time around. <laughs> oh God, yeah, good lord! It's a fable. Like, um, it really starts off a great game, you know, like the first acts, and then you really don't know how to end it. So they just like, and the end, <laughs> and they live happily ever after. And then you're like, um, you're still, you know, <laughs> five hours of the game that should have been there. I don't know. Yeah, that was a whole deal and a half. I mean, I wasn't like playing it myself, but when Fable 3 came out and people finished that game, I remember on YouTube, the amount of videos that came out about it was pretty funny, especially Angry Joe's video on that. That was pretty fun. Fable yeah. 2 was the one that grind, ground my gears. Like uh, I, I played Fable 1 a bit, but then uh, Fable 2, like I was so into. And yeah. then by the time you got to like the final act, it 
that was it. Like you, you destroy this catapult and then they tell you the rest of the story and then you go back and you go, oh, by the way, you can, um, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can buy a better house, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the dream, right? Like, you know, better house. Woo. Yeah. Like, you know. Woo. At least the third one, they added a dog and you want your dog to live again, I guess. Yeah. But they also added like farting in people's faces and stuff, which is just like, why? I mean, I guess I can't really like talk about like, uh, I can't complain about juvenile humor and gaming too much. I mean, like Saints Row, like, you know, just made a whole big thing about that in like three and four. Well, yeah, Saints Saints Row Three was um I, I think that's like the the cream of the crop <laughs> out of all the Saints Rows, you know, like that's what the, to aim for. Four kind of went out of hand. They just just went off the rails. Like three had like the the balance really done right. Um but then again, you know, you know how sequels are either like bigger, better, stronger, faster, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I guess those games are still better than like uh that weird reboot they released. Ugh. Yeah. Um. The thing with that reboot, like I played it, like I didn't mind it. It it felt really generic. But at the same, like that's that's what I hate about reviewing games that are um, like it's it's there. Like ev- like everything is there. Like I played it on a console. So sorry again for PC gamers who had to put up with a really bad port. I didn't like. W- we didn't really have such a big um, issue with the, the bugs in the PS5 version, but it did give a really, like, you know, it, it feels solid. It, feel, it feels complete, but it's a really generic. It's, it's, um, it went back to like the first, like, it just felt like another GTA clone with, yeah. with millennials in the gig economy. And, you know, like, um, the humor is not really for everybody. It's a little bit off-putting at one point. Like I didn't mind it, yeah. But like I don't know. Like maybe at the time, at that time, August, I guess. I also had like a lot of things to review, so I just kind of like pushed it out the door. But <laughs> um, yeah. Like uh, like I wish I would have played it better. The same thing with like Dead Island too. Like um, I gave it a wait. You know, like I maybe it's you know like. But at the same time, like I could see that it's. Like it, it appealed to me. Like some of the humor there kind of appealed to me. But I guess it's that quippy, marvelesque type of um, humor that a lot of people are getting tired tired of. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, everybody has like a different threshold for like uh, things that may entertain or annoy. And um, I think that game just, I think it had like you know something that I wanted to try and do, but I think its execution left a lot to be desired that and like the 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 glitches i saw in that game are just like this game lacks so much polish is ridiculous yeah yeah pc like um i don't know what's going on with a lot of developers like they just can't get pc right for the last since august really like i think that um saints row was the start of the whole um really shitty pc ports i don't know what happened with pc suddenly like even sony can't get it right yeah. the, the last of us part one and i was going oh what's going on there and then you know you have the outer worlds that um released this whole new batch and then it's just broken everywhere <laughs> yeah like uh i like my ps5 i really do like it's it's the one that has the least issues for some reason um, yeah well, Xbox is like you have 
the Series X that just keeps uh, lagging everything behind. <laughs> uh, again, a different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, we could be talking about, like, you know, is it uh, game releases and, like, uh, performance for a while, but we are straying a little bit from the main topic of conversation at hand. So let's shift a little bit towards the main topic, which is in 2023, what is the status of video game adaptations? Are they getting better? I feel like there's a very simple answer for this, which is yes. But at the same time, I think that it requires a little bit more nuance than that. So I want to present this to not only you, Vincent, but everybody else. But obviously, since they're not going to be talking, I'll allow you to start. How do you feel about video game adaptations at this current point in time? And do you believe that they are getting better? One thing that um, a point of reference that I want to talk about is the comic book uh, adaptations. Because uh, for a while, it wasn't, you know, we would get a few. We'd get Spawn, for example, and then, eh, okay, cool. And then we'd get, uh, then Blade came out in 1998, 99, something like that. Uh, it's 98, um, yeah. 98, yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is this is pretty good. And then Spider-Man came out, and then X-Men came out. Oh, X-Men came out, and Spider-Man came out. Um, with video game adaptations, um, you know, uh, we've we've all seen the art, the art house classic that is Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> uh yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you've seen that double dragon one. Oh yes, I, I, I have. Was- 13 for 12 yeah in my teens and like i didn't mind it too much um i i, I thought street fighter was a hoot and mortal Kombat was pretty fun uh yeah the 90s right um uh, <laughs> yeah and then it just kind of you know went on the wayside and then i don't know if you remembered when like the spirits within came out final fantasy in 2000 yeah What's his name? Uh, Sakaguchi at the time was talking such a big game. They're going to move away from gaming and then, you know, present it to the world. And then, like, uh, personally, I didn't mind it. Like, it it didn't feel Final Fantasy, to be honest with you. It felt like if it was, it didn't have that Final Fantasy stamp on it. It just, it, it felt like it had all the, all the things that Square, you know, the storytelling purposes of Square. And I thought it was like an okay movie. Uh, however, you've stamped the Final Fantasy in it, and everybody expected Final Fantasy VII, which they came out, you know, with Advent Children about four years <laughs> later. And then, yeah, you had Silent Hill, which I thought at the time was like really well done. Critics didn't. Um, it just felt like a generic horror movie. But then, from a from someone who plays games, and I was just like, oh, they they. They, they got the atmosphere right, you know? Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't too keen with the whole Resident Evil series, but, you know, as proven time and time again, it's unadaptable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, get, you take from it what you want, you know? Like, um, for me, like, uh, sure. Um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, then Netflix, like, was a game changer with Castlevania. Um and then, yeah. Should we talk about Prince of Persia? No, let's not talk about Prince of Persia. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, like, and then Sonic. Sonic was really, like, uh, I would say when Sonic came out, I think that was like the X-Men um, when it came out in 1999. Um, you know, it 
like um say what you will about the sonic adaptation but i really felt that it it was it did its it really did its darndest to um bring in the characters and merge it with our world um and then i guess super mario's probably the spider-man um at the time right which would make detective pikachu the blade yeah and then there's the last of us uh which was like a really good um, choice for hbo to do so um you know uh it, it gave that uh, prestige type films kind of like when a history of violence came out um back in 2003 i think the road to perdition those um graphic novels right that are not in the same superhero realm but in, in the same comic book university realm yeah uh, so right now i would say we are at 2002 2003 uh in terms of the timeline for video game adaptations if we would follow the comic book timeline so i am optimistic but i'm also you know like um uh, I'm not saying it's going to go the same trend, but at the same time, I'm I'm optimistic, uh, as Kurt has said. Like, I'm optimistic where it's going to go. But who knows, you know, maybe they'll adapt a B-tier game, video game, like the same way where they adapted like B-tier superheroes. And then now we have the MCU universe as we know it, right? Like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, but right now, I think we're in a, we're in a good spot where it can go either way. Like uh, that that's what I would say. Like it can go either way. Um I'm like I'm not an expert. Like I just go with what I see and what I know and I see patterns. Um so yeah, like um I'm older than I look. So <laughs> <laughs> so from what I saw back in the early 2000s, uh the early 2020s, I would say like we're at the infancy of um video game adaptations breaking out oh man that was so wonderfully put see this is why i have you on the podcast man to <laughs> elegantly say things that i would probably fumble the ball with at least a few times over but yeah i wholeheartedly agree with you especially with the uh the choice of time period for where video game adaptations are at the moment because yeah video game adaptations are such a weird thing especially when you look at it from their inception from the time that they were started in the 90s a lot of the adaptations that were made when you're looking at Super Mario, uh, Double Dragon, and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, those were not games known for having plot-based material. Most of that stuff you were finding in the manuals, or at least in the case of Street Fighter and uh, Mortal Kombat, you had arcade modes which would have like maybe some minor story details at the end, but there wasn't like an overarching plot for it. So... The filmmakers at the time were basically just having to fill in the details themselves. And it was very interesting that at least with those adaptations, sometimes with the animated work as well, that's where some of the foundations for the uh, world building character details and like certain elements that would later actually become canon in like some of these later video games down the line, which was pretty interesting. The first set of video game films... I can't really give them too much crap because, again, they were based on material that didn't really have story to work from. And at that point, video games were only just starting to flirt with the idea of having story as part of the game. It wasn't until we got into, like, you know, your sort of 
PlayStation N64 era where they actually were able to start, you know, utilizing technology that would allow them to tell stories with voice acting, with cutscenes, and, you know, things would start to feel a little bit more cinematic and slowly but surely between PS2 to PS3 era, that's when we actually started to get like, you know, full on stories that felt comparable to stuff that was watching in film and TV. And as the technology advanced, so did the performances. So did the ability to recreate some of these, I guess, for lack of a better term, cinematic feels and put them into video games. So with the adaptations within the 2000s, you, you know, obviously you had your Resident Evils, your Dooms, your uh, Silent Hills, and then you have like the number of Uri Bowl movies that were just scattered all over the place. And I've seen at least three of them, which haunted me for the rest of my life. Do not, I repeat, do not watch House of the Dead. Do not watch Alone in the Dark. Do not watch Blood Rain. It is time that you will not get back. It hurts. I would like to make a recommendation, though. The Dungeon Siege movie was fun. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you. Like, everybody was getting uh, different um, directions. So everybody was acting in their own personal movie it's, it's <laughs> fantastic you know but jason statham just brings jason statham and then you have everybody else all the other extras like doing their own like, little renaissance fair thing and then the background you have ray Liotta going I'm, really, <laughs> I'm in a video game movie i'm ray Liotta. <laughs> it's the best i don't know like um give that a watch kurt like that i i, I highly recommend it <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know what? That was one of the ones that was on the list because at one point Amazon Prime had all of like, you know, is it? Ooh, I'm, I'm, I think, I'm, yeah, I he had all of his films on there, and I made it through up until Blood Rain, and I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll now tell you, it's bad. Uh, have a few drinks, uh, but you know, like it's not that level of bad. Like I, I would say, yeah, like uh, I think the actors brought their own. <laughs> thing to it like i would say it's it's a team effort to to salvage it as best as they could <laughs> god oh, i'll keep that in mind it's, um it's a good watch party you know like <laughs> i'll see if i can assemble a crew for that one at some point um yeah. but yeah like literally throughout the 2000s i feel like that was the experimental period for like certain adaptations because certain films weren't able to you know, captured the entirety of the video game because it was either not within the budget or like, I guess, directors and scriptwriters weren't able to capture that film element. But there were glimpses and pieces that they were able to like incorporate into the film to sort of make you go, okay, it has pieces of the puzzle, but not the entire thing. Like the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, like Resident Evil films. I think the first film is probably the best of it because it's probably the most restrained. And even though it doesn't have that many things that are like the video game, it has just a few elements and tonal elements. That I'm like, okay, I can see something there. Uh, Silent Hill, I while there were certain changes in that film that just were completely bizarre to me, that film had the tone, the atmosphere, and even the original composer in there to like you know utilize that film score. And I'm like, this film is so close. It's right there, but it's not quite there. I know people tend to crap on the doom movie especially for like that first person thing but having seen that for the first time a few years ago i was, I was unfazed some people were crapping on it like it was the worst <laughs> thing ever and i was like are you guys watching the same thing that i am <laughs> but maybe i'm just a little bit more um more forgiving 
but yeah, like, that... yeah, it, it's it was also like that. I call it the Carl Urban's get his ass kicked era. Like every single movie that he was in, he's like the Sean, <laughs> the Sean Bean <laughs> of getting his ass kicked hard in every movie. <laughs> That's a good shout, to be fair, because like. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, he wasn't born supremacy. He didn't do too well in Riddick either. And um <laughs> and that film, that was all within a very short space of each other, like what, maybe two or three years? Yeah. God, good lord. <laughs> yeah, he, um like, typecast is the guy to get his ass kicked the way uh what's his face? Um what's the name of your boy in Sonic? Um uh what Jim Carrey? Or are you talking about like um oh no 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 uh the Cyclops God. guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, James Marsden. Yeah, James Marsden like had his typecast as the dude that's always getting left by women, you know, like by their girlfriends <laughs> for someone else. He's but yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, poor guy, man. He deserves so much more. Hey, um, he he got a son in Sonic, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I guess things worked out for him. Like <laughs> hanging around some alien kids and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. There was a shift to me in the sort of mid to late 2010s when you had adaptations like um, Warcraft and Assassin's Creed. While these films are not what I'd call good, it was the filmmakers behind them that started to make me think, okay, these guys are actually attempting to try now. Because, you know, with Duncan Jones, when he came into Warcraft, he talked about he was a big fan of the source material and the way he was talking about how he was taking certain elements from um certain parts of the Warcraft lore and then forming it into like a Genesis point to jump off from, to then go on to like other Warcraft related, like uh, material in the future. I was like, Oh crap. Okay. And the dude who made um, Assassin's Creed was the same guy who made Macbeth, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and having seen that film prior to watching um, Assassin's Creed, I was pretty hyped to see what he would do with it. But I think both films sort of suffered from, Having ambition, but just not the right kind of execution. For me, Warcraft had a lot of really interesting elements, but the CG was a bit wonky. There was too much going on. And that film didn't take enough time just to sit and establish certain things. Whereas Assassin's Creed, to me, was just painfully dull. I have never seen something so dull in my life to the point where it put me to sleep. And I was just like... This is not a good sign. And you had like, you know, uh, Michael K. Williams, Brendan Gleeson, uh, you know, in addition to Marion Cotillard and like uh, Michael Fassbender. And they didn't even make use of these guys in a good way at all. I was like, shameful. Maybe you were still on Macbeth mode, you know, like <laughs> Macbeth, this uh, Ubisoft <laughs> project, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then we had like just this weird, interesting like tilt upwards with uh, Detective Pikachu, which while it wasn't like the adaptation that I think a lot of Pokemon fans were hoping for, it was like an interesting step into, you know, seeing a Nintendo property in live action and, you know, realizing Pokemon in the real world. And then obviously Sonic came out. Mm -hmm. Now with Sonic, you know, the problem with like Sonic as opposed to Mario is that Mario's never hanged around in the real world in his games, whereas Sonic has. There's been at least like, you know, two decades now or Sonic hanging around in the real world. Yeah, you you're talking about fell in love with a human girl, right? Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mills, that was a thing. 
I mean, we've all most of us Sonic fans have just accepted that's a thing now. Like, you know, we can we can we can dunk on it and meme on it a little bit, although there are certain people that are kind of for that thing, but God, I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, with the adventure games, Sonic 06 and then Unleashed as well. Sonic has hanging around with the humans for a little bit. So yeah. I understand that a lot of people who played like just the classic games are just curious as to why Sonic would be hanging around with these guys as opposed to just these anthrop- anthropomorphic friends that hang around in the video games and the uh and the comics. But yeah, the comics I feel comics, yeah. But I feel like the the first film at least was a decent like jumping off point just to, you know. It uses that whole trope of like, you know, is it human hang around with CG? Like, you know, is it humanoid like animal? And then they get the hijinks. But I thought it was a nice, solid basis. Mm-hmm. And then the second film, I think, besides being a little bloated and having a little bit too much going on with the human characters, I feel like just in terms of being like just more connected to the video games with like yeah. the amount of like visual and like, you know, is it character based stuff? At that point in time, it was probably the best thing that happened to Sonic since Sonic Mania, which was like yeah. crazy. So clearly they were heading in the right direction. And then obviously with Arcane and uh, Castlevania, yeah. I think people really started to see the advantages of uh, long-term storytelling over TV as opposed to just being limited to film. Yeah, And um, also being in the medium of animation, you do not have the restrictions that you have with live action as well. Yeah. And... Um, while I can't speak for Arcane in terms of its adaptation material, because um, I know it was mostly original, but they obviously borrowed certain characters and elements of the world. When it comes to uh, Castlevania, at least from what I've seen for the first two seasons, the way they were able to create basically a prequel to the original storyline of Castlevania 3, and then basically have the story of Castlevania 3 play out during season two, to the point where they were even able to uh, include the original music from the games in there. I'm like, this is so nice. I was having the best time ever. And you could tell that the people behind this obviously wanted to create something original, but adhere to the video game material. And it also helps that, like, uh, was it Warren Ellis that worked on that? I mm-hmm. believe. Warren Ellis, yeah. It's so, just, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's nuts how, like, um, I rarely give props to Netflix, but uh, this is one of those rare times where you have three different, like, genres of animation. Uh, you have um, Castlevania that has the classic cell uh, 2D animation type. Yeah. And then you have um, Arcane that has the new style uh, rotoscoping, um, this this painted uh, animation style that you see in like Scanner Darkly and whatnot. And then uh, Cyberpunk uh, Edge Runners with um, the Trigger, Studio Trigger a- anime style. Uh, three different separate styles and each told a story that befitting to the world befitting like um even choosing that style that they told it into um really told the story of the world you know like i'm not a league of legends player nor do i want to uh <laughs> nor do i plan to but you know it, it really provided this like compelling story uh League fans might disagree with certain like um, ways they've adapted certain characters, but then you know for for all the uninitiated, it's 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 um it's a window to the league world, and it's a compelling character art like story to where each characters are going. So um, for me, like yeah, like I would say like uh, as much as um, I did I did enjoy arcade I did enjoy an arcade like a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, episodes three to seven, like, um, really, really took it home for me. 
Um, and then, you know, like you have the typical Netflix way of, okay, let's, uh, it, it dies down and sets up the next season type of thing that I can't stand with Netflix. Um, yeah, and then Castlevania had some growing pains, especially the later seasons, but I feel it ended well and it started really strong. Um, Edge Runners, though, like that, that's my favorite out of the three. Um, it's a one off. Uh, it told like a really good story of the cyberpunk universe, both the 2022 uh, RPG module and, you know, the 2077 video game. Right. Um, and it, it told a really personal story about what it takes for um, how to be human, like really embodying the, that cyberpunk, um, that cyberpunk theme of what is human and how much of your empathy you can keep when you, you just get so obsessed uh, in chasing your dream and being something strong, uh, stronger than what you are. Cause you know, society, <laughs> we live in a society. society, society <laughs> you have to say allow it. you to, yeah, I have to say it. We live in a society. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But like props to Netflix uh, for providing that, um, that you know that that medium to allow for these video game adaptations to thrive uh which you know led to to the last of us you know, the, the last of us adaptation in hbo yeah and um again there's like such an interesting variety of video game adaptations that are out there right now um you know hbo's like uh last of us is pretty much as near perfect as you can get uh I never played the game, but I watched a walkthrough on YouTube uh, because obviously that game is so cinematic. You can pretty much just watch a Let's Play and it's pretty much just like a very long movie around like nine hours long. And the adaptation was, obviously it made some interesting changes, but they felt right for TV. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it's just so, it's so interesting because like, you know, the... The game literally just laid out the format. It was right there. All you basically had to do is just like take it and make it work for TV. And that's what they did. And there was a lot of uh, interesting and smart changes that were made. Some that were just like different, but different in a way that just made sense. Because like there were certain times where I'm like, this was skipped over or abbreviated, but it made sense for the pacing of a TV show. And just that first episode, especially just seeing the way certain scenes are remixed or you had like certain things that just enhanced the world or like enhanced like the state of the world. So when you got into certain scenarios or certain things kicked off, you're like, ah, OK. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, props to like, you know, the show for executing it so well and like obviously having like Neil Druckmann so integral to the process of making it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like. I kind of want to see something that doesn't have as much of a foundation laid down. Yeah. Because I feel like the adaptations that I'm more interested in are the ones where you have a story, but it's maybe a little looser or there isn't as much connective tissue that, you know, you can get from point A to point C, but there's not so much of a B to connect it together. So I kind of want to see people like, find something that's a little bit more risky or a little bit more tricky to adapt, of course. Um, which make, which is why like certain adaptations like a uh, Metal Gear Solid or like uh street fight or technically Mortal Kombat, even though that technically exists sort of now 
mm-hmm. there's more interesting things in there for me because you see certain moments either in like the animated world or in certain video games where they've tried to create more story and you're just like there's potential here if you could just narrow the focus down it could work like netflix released that tekken like ova series like last year i think and that was an interesting short anime where they focused on like um i think it was jin kazama and uh he was the main central character with like a handful of people surrounding him and while i thought that overall that show wasn't quite for me I feel like it had like a enough of the foundations where I'm like, okay, this is a good jumping off point for any other fighting based uh, story where you could just have one or two main characters and then have everybody else sort of float around them. But I guess it just depends because like everyone has their own vision of what these things could be. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to just make something that's still okay or kind of pants because for as many good adaptations there are out there, there's still a lot of crap. Um yeah, yeah. Netflix, <laughs> they did some good stuff, but they also gave us that Resident Evil TV show. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was trying to ignore. <laughs> I only saw the first episode, but that was enough for me. And yeah, rest in peace, Lance Reddick. Yeah, Lance Reddick, I love you to death, but that weird blade-related hairdo they gave you to make you Wesker was the most amazing and terrible thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, Uh. I don't understand. Like, after we had, you know, the Paul W.S. Anderson movie, they were like, okay, it can't get any worse than that. And then (laughs) Welcome to Raccoon City came out. And honestly, that might be either like it's in the top three for me of the worst adaptations i've ever seen sure it has like certain like you know visual elements from the games and they clearly took inspiration from like the uh first two to three video games but the problem is they tried to condense like a story of three games into one remix certain characters to the point where only like maybe two of them resemble the games the rest of them are just like really bad like cosplay dummies and yeah. i don't know what the hell they did with leon leon looks like carlos but he acts like a, a kid that doesn't know how to like do his job yeah because <laughs> um that's the thing with like resident evil it's um why it's difficult to adapt is just the way the game progressed as from its um progen- like how it started right uh it was survival horror was still at its infancy nobody really knew what to do like they had like alone in the dark uh, then you had resident evil which was like semi like they have some rpg elements um they have some action elements puzzle elements and then uh item management uh which um you know uh so you have this un un uh categorized game it's still unclassified at a time nobody really knew what you know, like they were making things on the spot. It's an action yeah. game, of course, but then, like uh, back then in the early days of the PlayStation's uh, game genres were really specific. It's an action game, like it's a platformer game. It's an RPG. You know, like you when you get a game with a genre, you know what you're getting. Then you get something like Resident Evil, which has all the like the B movie acting, right? Um, that gave it its sort of charm and it has its jump scares and it has like all the all the lore, all the backstory material and like the the items that you get that 
in its own way delivers its own like scare scare like own scares like the in like your imagination starts moving but what you see is this like cheesy <laughs> cheesy like acting you just you just see like jill and barry like um <laughs> just going there back and forth and it's so bad but at the same time you know like that's the thing though with interactive media the the player puts themselves in the story they're also writing the story the way they're watching it you know like um the things that um uh you know the lore that you find the the, the stuff that's missing uh the, the players put in their own like thing in the story to to make it complete um that's that's what completes the game experience that the the input of the player so, you know, then you have Resident Evil 2, you have Resident Evil 3, then it went to the 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 play the, the GameCube PlayStation 2 era PlayStations, and now the, the hyper-realistic uh, first-person ones in Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 7, um, which, in my opinion, like, you know, the, the, it, it's its own uh, genre now. Like, um, they go through their own phases, whereas Resident Evil 1 to 3 have that cheesy uh survival horror thing that they're still trying to find their way to so what why i'm saying like earlier i made a joke about being unadaptable uh it's because like how can you insert that interactive experience that players experienced when they were you know going through the growing pains of resident evil um in such a way that like i have to give paul ws anderson props for doing what he did because it's it's kind of nuts in its own way where the games itself, they are kind of crazy in their own way, you know, like um, you have this virus going around, turning people into superhumans, but everybody else into zombies. Um, you have that whole action based thing. Like he kind of got the spirit of it, but adapted it in a Paul W.S. Anderson way that some people might like, and some people didn't like, including myself. Um, but that's the thing. Like, how do you add the player experience into the game? without it um being totally invasive to the whole product which is in a way like yeah like um that's where like the last of us has an, an edge over everybody else because it's primarily a narrative game that neil Druckmann um was involved in and was inserting his own um you know a directorial thing plus uh, the minds behind HBO, which I really felt this this adaptation felt closer to The Last of Us Two, which I find like a lot of it's it's a really contentious topic, you know, like it's divisive. Um, yeah. But if you like, uh, you know, but like um, in in terms of it, like I saw The Last of Us, the adaptation HBO adapted as the part two, which is what Neil Druckmann really wanted to do. Um, and you can see it like it's it's leaning towards that um, adaptation, whereas the first one was more of, you know, they're still coming off fresh from Uncharted 3 and they're, they're going about it, you know, with with the whole Uncharted 3 paradigm with this um, what's that post-apocalyptic universe, whereas The Last of Us 2, he knows what story he wants to make, he meaning Neil Druckmann, and um, that's from going on that's basically the template that we're following like it or not <laughs> yeah again wonderfully put sir um yeah we're just in this very interesting period now where the amount of video games that could be adapted 
is like um, ridiculous because we've spent at least the past decade or so in an era where like video game stories have been at the forefront of the uh, process when these games are being developed. So it's not just about the gameplay. It's about that sort of, you know, connective tissue between the two while being an interactive experience. And there are definitely developers who have been able to pull that off more so than others. But it's getting to the point now where even video games that showing up in the last like five or so years are like starting to get like talk of adaptations. Like Horizon has only just gotten a second game, but now there's talk about there being an adaptation of that in like uh, some form. Um, we've got like Borderlands on the Horizon. Um, I was talking off air with Vincent, but we actually have like a potential new adaptation of Street Fighter on the Horizon from Lionsgate, I believe. And, uh, you know, the the 90s one, like Vincent said, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a fun little silly movie if you don't take it too seriously. And like Raul Julia's like M. Bison will live in our hearts for the rest of eternity. Um, but that 2009 film was not good. That film was one of the most, what the <laughs> shag am I watching kind of experiences. There is a dance scene in there between Chanley and like um, this woman. And it's super awkward and creepy uh, just the the looks on their faces with them trying to be seductive to each other and it's just like what what, what am i watching and M, M. bison is like you know was it i think it's neil mcdonough but he's an irish businessman and i'm like what is and his whole thing is about like what trying to get his pregnant wife like transfer his spirit into his pregnant wife's belly and he cuts the belly over oh. this is the Kristen crook one right yes oh, oh yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> i wish i never saw that film but i was like ah, <laughs> oh. the, the we can only go up from there i pray to god yeah but yeah just um but even isn't... the anime adaptations themselves weren't perfect either like uh the original street fighter movie uh adaptation that was great the like i really loved that one then there's the street fighter v's then the street fighter alphas and i'm not too keen with a lot of them and you had that like mini akuma story you know like it's it's kind of weird um, yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if you remember that one i was going like that is so weird yeah, um, it's it's been a while since I watched those, but it's funny <laughs> I have both of the Alpha movies. Like, um, at the time it was just because they were available to me, so I ended up watching those a few too many times. But I'm just like, all this talk of the darker dome and like you know Akuma and like bloody Kenryu story and like it's, yeah, man, I remember looking back on it and I'm just like, yeah, a lot of this does is not nearly as compelling as that like '90s like Street Fighter two animated movie. That film still looks incredible. Yeah. But yeah, just um that right now I'm I'm very curious because we're in this weird point in time where adaptations are clearly getting better and you're having like, you know, a lot of interesting places where you can find them. Um, you know, again, if it's not on streaming or on TV, you can find it in like uh the film form in the cinema now with like, you know, actual positive reception coming out of it, especially with the new Mario movie, which I will say I understand why everybody is in love with it as a representation of the game. It is pretty much as pitch perfect as you want. It looks, it sounds very importantly. It sounds like the video game. They got the bloody original composer to work with Brian Tyler to create this incredible sound presentation wise. That film is a one 11 out of 10, but at the same time, 
it has the same issue that a lot of Illumination films have, where it's just sort of devoid of substance. It's very light on story and light on character and certain moments where they do have like just tiny moments where you think certain things are going to develop and happen. The film moves faster than the Sonic movie, which is insane. At 90 minutes, this film just snaps and snaps and snaps and just keeps moving. And I'm like, oh, oh, crap, we're not actually going to stop and, you know, breathe. OK, fair enough. But yeah, it's uh, I know a lot of people have said or oh, like, you know, uh, level complaints against haters in quotation marks saying, it's a Mario movie. Why are you expecting story? Why are you expecting substance? Well, I'm just like, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, it's just for kids. And I'm like, but that shouldn't be an excuse. I'm tired of this label that people keep throwing out that children's films have to be devoid of substance in order for it to be like, you know, is it acceptable? No. <laughs> Some of my favorite films from Disney, Pixar, and DreamWorks, at least DreamWorks, when they're doing, you know, good jobs with their material, um, they can have stories that like, you know, have memorable characters, memorable plots, teach a life lessons, or like, you know, they can make you feel. And I'm not, ex I'm not asking films to change my life every time or have like this deeper meaning that I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of my life. I'm just asking for a little substance. That's all. Just yeah. a little time to breathe and tell your story and be more. Mm -hmm. You don't have to just be like the basic bare minimum. That, that's basically the reason why I skipped the Mario movie. Not because, you know, like... Um... Yeah, like uh, I I'm looking for something with a little bit more substance. Uh, this uh, more advanced stage in my life. <laughs> <laughs> not not that you know, like uh, not that um, I I might watch it on streaming. Like it's I'm I'm not really close minded to watching it. It's just like it's I'm not rushing off to the movies, to the theaters to to see it. But uh, yeah. yeah, the same way I skipped Avatar: Way of the Water. It's um. That's that's the other reason why I skipped it. This, the the substance part is not there. Like, yeah, of course, three D technology will always change. Visuals will always get better, but uh, if the story isn't gonna draw me in, um, yeah, I've seen the old Avatar. Like, I don't know if I want to watch Navi School and Navi whatever. Same thing with <laughs> Mario. Like, it's great, you know. Like. My girlfriend Anya Taylor Joy is there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, like um, I don't know. You know, I do like my movies, like you, with a bit of substance. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing, like um, I'm sure we'll still be going through this uh, these sort of adaptation growing pains for a while because again, there are like numerous adaptations on the horizon right now, um. I've mentioned a couple of them, but there's still ones that are like that have been talked about for years that still we're not sure exactly where they are in the stages of development. But like, you know, I'll list off a few of them right now. Mm -hmm. uh, as previously mentioned, there's the Metal Gear Solid one. There's Gears of War. Uh, there's uh, apparently a Rainbow Six film in development as well. Um, again, they're trying Street Fighter. There's a Mortal Kombat sequel that's supposedly starting to film in June. Mm -hmm. Um you got the Borderlands movie that I think is rap production at the moment. Um, That's the one with the, uh, what's his face? Short guy. Um, well, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Short guy>. <laughs> <laughs> as as that, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who you're on about. Um, and... <laughs> uh, so bad. I'm short myself. So... <laughs> but yeah, I, no. I um, that joke. It's interesting because like, you know, obviously those are all film, but there's still like, you know, the the format of television, which I think people are starting to see the advantages of utilizing now, mm -hmm. um, because, again, 
animation has so much more like you know versatility than i think people realize and only through certain recent material like spider-verse and arcane and um even like cyberpunk and uh castlevania they're starting to see that like you know it's not just like one visual style you can choose you can utilize so many and because it's tv you have more time and especially via a streaming service you're not limited to the uh, standard duration of like old school tv anything could be any type of length it's just a case of having the right creative team behind it to tell stories with you know good dialogue and compelling stories but also having a cast and a visual style that will be compelling as well and not and, removing some people's helmets yeah yeah <laughs> uh, we got we can't go into that right now okay. um <laughs> but one thing one thing for sure is like you know you kept the helmet on carl urban and judge, judge dread you know look at look how well it turned out it was a smart move <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made they made it work but then they like, made it know, work yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. you had alex garland like you know is it working with um yeah. carl urban on that one so but it's, yeah it's, it's, Paramount yeah. Plus subscribers deserve better. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Ma- yeah, Master Cheeks, man, Master Cheeks. That <laughs> when that was online, I'm like, because I stopped watching after the first episode, so I was thinking, okay, this Halo show isn't really for me, but I'll wait to see what happens. But there was loads of people just tweeting about it online and talk about it on YouTube, and I saw that picture, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And the fact that like Master Chief slept with like that woman who's supposedly like the main antagonist. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel pain, and I'm just like, there's a reason why I just choose to step away from the internet and life, and I just crawl back into my bed and just you know just hide for a little while. So it's the safest bet. Yeah, or or just you know really pick and choose what you're gonna watch. Which, yeah. um, as for reviewers, uh, we don't really get a lot of choice in that. Like, um, I've this year, I think I've reviewed sixteen games, and a good five of them, I want my time back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a statement. I seriously, want, I'm not gonna which <laughs> games, but yeah, I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is gonna be one of those. <laughs> yeah and i mean like i guess that's the one like worry i guess you have with especially tv based um adaptations because obviously that requires more of your time mm-hmm. and depending on how they decide to uh spread out the duration of that it could be you know something compelling but it also could be something that you know causes you a great deal of pain and suffering and um I thankfully haven't gone through too much of that, but again, like uh, that first episode of like the Netflix Resident Evil, I was just like, "What the hell am I watching? This is just bad." Besides, <laughs> like, like res- uh, besides, like my boy Lance Reddick, like you know, coming in to have like a really fun moment during like a conversation with the principal. Everything else was just like, I feel like I'm watching like uh, some really painful CW based material right now, and I'm like, "This, yeah, what what is this?" Then, <laughs> that that Superman CW show wasn't too bad, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Super I think Man he's. Lois, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a definitely an outlier in like uh, the midst of their like material um, at the moment. I mean, even though that Arrowverse is sort of like slowly dying, with like the Flash, I think being like one of the last major things yeah. that was still there from like what twenty fourteen or something twenty thirteen mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. God. Anyway, um, 
I guess to like wrap this up at the moment, I uh, to again go back to that main question. I do think video game adaptations are getting better. There seems to be more and more like filmmakers who are coming to these projects who clearly have an interest and a passion for this material. And while not everything is a slam dunk, I mean, for every like Castlevania Arcane and like, um, you know, is it Last of Us, you'll have an Uncharted or you'll have a Mortal Kombat 2021 or um, you'll have like a <laughs> World of <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean i understand sometimes these people have the best of intentions well not the halo people but i don't know what the hell those guys are smoking but um you can tell that there's at least some passion behind this it's just the execution and certain decision making where i'm just like yeah you know <laughs> no no you're not quite there yet but there, there is definitely hype on the horizon and with some of these films that have like a foundation to jump off of like the first sonic movie or the first mario movie there's clearly room for improvement to grow and then become even better or like um, at least show the world that these adaptations can be done and with like nintendo and sega especially they've been sleeping on franchises that they're choosing not to do anything with you know in terms of video games so Mm-hmm. adaptations might be another way to drum up interest like everyone's been wanting to see like metro for a while i think they could do some interesting stuff with the yakuza sure. games or like maybe um i don't know valkyria chronicles that would actually be like pretty interesting yeah, if they could make that weird tank thing work yeah um, <laughs> yeah, um I, I am optimistic uh i am not expecting another mcu i think mcu is one of those like one-offs that you can see one time in history which yeah pretty much ended an end game but they still want to keep it going that's on them um yeah like dc's been trying forever <laughs> <laughs> but like you know like uh you get those one-offs um you know like like the original star wars trilogy that that was a one-off like um as much as like people want to keep it going um personally like yeah like uh, we're we're due for a new uh, item on the list and if video game adaptations is that that's great and if it doesn't fly off that's great too it's not um it's not the end of the world they're trying to do it with anime now and <laughs> i have my opinions with that and um <laughs> so so yeah as i said i am optimistic it can go either way whether or not it becomes this massive thing in the future uh that's something that we all will find out sooner or later yeah and i look forward to the journey either way because like sometimes even when like something's bad i'm still gonna be like poking my head around the corner but like yo what are you, what are you doing over there I, i'm kind of curious let's see let's see what the what, what kind of chaos you're doing so uh yeah with this podcast like you know as it going forward i'll be you know attempting to talk about like not only maybe just doing like you know your standard reviews and stuff but i'm hoping to just do like more topics like this just general conversations about like uh the ebbs and flows of video game adaptations in terms of like you know maybe doing some news maybe some pieces on like stuff that's come out before i want to cover like as much as possible so you know we're talking live action animated you know is it stuff on tv and stuff in film as well because there's such a nice plethora of material now to you know talk about and i might just you know get some additional people in who are like maybe mega fans of certain things and maybe they can talk about why they're for or against certain adaptations it it could be fun 
But, you know, it's this is just the genesis, the starting point. And I think that this episode has gone pretty well. I always have fun talking to Vincent, and I feel like he was able to bring some really fun points to this. I hope I was able to bring some good points to the conversation. I'm not too sure. I'm just a big dummy who likes things, so I don't know. <laughs> no, don't sell all of yourself short, Kurt. Like, um, you put in a lot of um, feelings and, uh, you know, opinions regarding video game adaptations. But as always, you know, like, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to seeing where this podcast takes us and where video game adaptations takes us in the future. I feel like there will be joy and pain <laughs> uh, on the horizon for the both of us. And like, uh, I look forward to joining you again to talk about, you know, things in a uh, positive or not so positive manner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, before we leave, like uh, Vincent, can you tell people where to find your content, please? All right. So uh, if you, I don't have any video content, but uh, if you are a fan of reading, my articles are between seven to 10 minutes long. It's at onemoregame.ph. It's onemoregame.ph. I'm a reviewer there. Uh, I just review, I just finished reviewing uh, Star Wars jedi survivor that's up and running um spoiler alert i gave it a good review <laughs> <laughs> uh i played it on a ps5 so sorry pc gamers um and i mentioned earlier that i did uh, review dead island 2 as well this month uh i am wrapping up a review on final fantasy pixel remaster uh watch out for that Otherwise, uh, if you're more on the literary side, I do have a poem coming out on the polyglotmagazine.com. Uh, it's a little experimental. Um, maybe not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, so yeah, there's there's that on the horizon. Wonderfully put, sir. And uh, if you want to follow me online, um, just look for Hypersonic 55. I primarily exist on Instagram and DeviantArt as like a uh, illustrator. I do a lot of fan art, but I do have a few original pieces here and there. And uh, if you want to check out my podcast, check out Film Focus. We're primarily on SoundCloud, but you know it can be found on most of your podcast hosting apps like Spotify, iTunes, and you know all that other kind of material but yeah thank you for listening ladies and gentlemen this was really fun and um i'm not going to commit to a schedule at the moment this podcast will basically just appear when and how i choose to because whenever i choose to commit to a schedule everything falls to crap so <laughs> but yeah uh look forward to more content in the future uh i have a good feeling about this this could be fun but yeah until the next time ladies and gentlemen uh you know have fun gaming and watching your stuff.